All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can you see Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only To the line, Hughes scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. Uh, check them out on all platforms. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. Be sure to check them out online uh, and of course the retail location in Surrey as well. Free shipping if you choose to go online. Uh, on any order, Canada-wide, over $50. That, again, is at Zephyr Epic. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer, as always, is Alex Lard. And, oh, my goodness, this man has gotten a haircut. I, I had no idea you had a haircut, Chris. It's uh, It looks good. I like it. Yeah, I came out of there and got home, looked in the mirror, and I was like, there's a lot of Philip Peronic vibes here with this look. Like, I, I went to a new hairdresser, right? Like, or, or barber? What do you call him? Uh, so I went to a new one. He was great. He was awesome. Uh, I'm going to go back to him. He's going to be my regular, I think, from now on. But 
it's a different look. And then when I got home, I was like, if I had that line going across the part of the fade, I'd look like exactly like Phil Peronic. So, um, yeah, I got that going for me. So, yeah, it feels good. And this is the first time I've worn... I'll move the mic a little bit for people on YouTube. Like, a long sleeve shirt under a collared shirt. It's a look I think I see often. I've never done it, so I tried it today. I'm not sure if it works. It looks it looks okay. Anyways, that's what I got. 30 seconds of dog. What do you got? Okay. Uh, nothing. No updates from me. He's a good boy. Uh, that's all you need to know. There's nothing really uh, changing. So uh, when there is changes, you'll be the first to know, though. Let's get into it, Perfect. Though. Do, no, hold do on a second. you want to get off your chest Yeah, first? of course I do. First thing is I'm changing the 30 seconds of dog now down to 20 seconds of dog. Um, in the outline here that's done i need to bring this up alex can we get this up here the, the what's going on with the birds uh over on the canucks army youtube account here so I, I i'm on the canucks army youtube page and has all these videos of like birds nests uh birds ripping rabbits apart birds getting killed by grizzly bears all this stuff is going on and i guess so on youtube you get like recommendations from previously viewed videos right like that's what i'm assuming this this like this is the main page of when i open up youtube on the canucks army account this is what i get okay a bunch of birds getting ripped apart by rabbits and and flames nation crap all that stuff but i'm wanting so somebody has to watch these bird videos to get them on our page i'm not watching bird videos i'm not watching bird nests get ripped apart Quads, you don't even have the login information for the YouTube channel. You wouldn't know how to do any of this. So it's either Alex, producer Alex, or Clipmaster Aaron. One of these two folks here is watching birds rip apart rabbits. Alex, is this you? Or are you the one watching all these bird ripping apart videos? No, I have not seen those. Not yet, anyway. Some of those are kind of intriguing. Well, yeah, this is this is all I see. I open up the YouTube every morning. I start prepping the show. I start getting the thumbnails put together and posting the show. You know this. Alex knows this. Quads, you don't know any of this. But uh, this is all I see on the page every time. I haven't clicked one of them, but some of them are pretty intriguing. A lot of them are, are like, here's a camera inside this beautiful birdhouse that I built. Watch an eagle come in and kill all the babies. Like, I'm like, what's what are these videos? And, and is, why is so we know that it's Aaron now. So Aaron's the the freak here on the show. The clip clipmaster Aaron has been hey. watching birds rip apart other birds and rabbits and but grizzly bear kills. Well, not necessarily. Hold on, look at this bottom this bottom one on the right here. Grizzly bear kills caribou yeah. raw footage. But the best part about that video is no annoying music. So like if if it's Aaron who's doing all this stuff, he does he's tired of the annoying music on these videos of animals getting look. ripped apart. No, there's there's another version with annoying music. That's, that's kind of the intriguing part. See, there. so maybe it is you, Alex. In, I, in I did defense. watch an owl video because I did notice these videos. It, it caught me on one. I watched an owl, some owl, <laughs> two owls were protecting an egg or something like this. So you're feeding the beast, Alex. You you don't like watching nature stuff, Chris? Like. Because in defense of Aaron, you, you know, you you say it's all ripping apart. There's one video there that's about a, a gull ripping apart a rabbit or whatever. Okay, Battle for Food is from Savage Nature YouTube channel. Okay, you know, like you don't like watching nature stuff. Because I'll be honest, my Instagram feed right now is all dog stuff. Like it's just yeah. all dog and mostly doodles. You know what I was freaked out about the other day, and I know we, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but the other day. Like, I just open up TikTok, and, and there's times where I'll go days without using TikTok. I was a little addicted to it for a while, especially, like, during the pandemic and stuff. But I'll open it, and then, so I've been watching How I Met Your Mother. I'm, like, eight seasons in. Uh, I'm just rolling through it right now. It's been good stuff. Uh, rewatching it, of course, probably for, like, the third or fourth time. But, so I'm watching it, and then I, I get I go on TikTok, and then the first the video that pops up is, like, Hey, welcome to How I Met Your Mother TikTok. Uh, you know, if you landed here, we're going to talk about all this crap from How I Met Your Mother. It's just, I don't know, this stuff with your phone listening to you, it's, a, it's freaky stuff. I don't like it. Okay, I, I don't know if you've watched. Have you watched How I Met Your Father? We're watching it right now. Not very good. Not yeah, very good. a few episodes in here in this house here. It's uh, it, I'd rather rewatch How I Met Your Mother, I think. Yep. Yeah, we're at the point just, now where I, we're both kind of like, just like to- not really into it. I'd just like to point out that algorithm, YouTube algorithm, is going to suggest content to us based on a whole whack of stuff, not just viewing history. So it's also going to make educated guesses that you might like this content. But it's it's like they're really 
guessing a lot of animal videos for us. Then that's the thing. It's like I I understand that the in the photo there, there's like the the Flames Nation. They got those those guys over at uh, what's the whatever the Toronto guys uh, over there. Like the, you know even the, some Ranger stuff. I get all that, but it's like there's equal amounts of hockey and animal videos here. So I'm just I'm thrown a little bit. Some uh, we gotta have okay. a talk with Aaron. We gotta have a talk with Aaron. We gotta wait, sit wait, him down. Burner and somebody was watching Leafs. That wasn't hey. Don't look at me for any of that. That's not me. I actually know I did watch. Uh, I watched Leafs, the Leafs Nation yesterday. They had uh, Bruce Boudreau on the show. Watch that yesterday. That was a good interview, actually. That was a very good interview yeah. uh, with our friends over at Leafs Nation. No, sh- no free ads. No free ads for them. But Bruce Boudreau did have a good hit on there. Uh, he spoke about Matthew Nyes and all the hype surrounding him. And I got to be honest with you, not to talk Leafs on this show before we even start talking Canucks, but I've seen Leafs fans, you know, about playoff pushes and all that, and they're saying. Don't trade Matthew Nyes. Don't trade Matthew Nyes. I, I don't understand this philosophy. Like in Vancouver, people are talking about, well, trading draft picks, trading prospects is fine because those guys aren't going to be ready for years. And that's not this team's competitive window or whatever. If you're the Leafs or any contending team, you got to get rid of all of that. Like don't, don't even worry about trying to win five years down the line. Try to actually win now instead of getting bounced in the first round every year. I'm not even going to get started on this. It's just Leafs fans irritate me to no end i feel like so yeah. i'm not going to get into it but um yeah it's just funny when i see leafs fans on twitter be like don't trade nice don't trade nice it's like what do you think this guy's going to be for you anyways not not going to keep talking leafs let's nah, go well, matthew nice he's not going to be i don't think he's uh i don't think he's that great either uh but Leafs fans they like him hey everybody likes their own prospects right like hey listen there's, there's probably some guys we talk about too much here in this market but that's how it is we'll talk uh we'll talk about a few of them later on in the show i got some prospect stuff all right hit the ticker look at this Alex likes this. Twos for Kuz and Hughes. Two goals for Andre Kuzmenko and two goals for Quinn Hughes last night. Great stuff uh, from both these players. Kuzmenko, I got to bring this up from last night. So the Canucks losing overtime last night, 6-5. A little bit of those, uh, speaking of the Flames Nation, a little bit of a barn burner uh, last night uh, with the Vancouver Canucks heading to overtime, 6-5 loss. Kuzmenko was on the ice. Get this, quads. He was on the ice for four goals scored. No goals against. Really good night for uh, whoa for Andre Kuzmenko uh, last night there, uh, and that's 37 goals for him on the season. That ties him for 13th in the NHL for goals scored this year. 37 goals. That is. I want to repeat that. 37 goals for Andre Kuzmenko. He's tied for 13th in the NHL. Tied with who? Quads. Tied with whom? I have no idea. I Former looked. Vancouver Canuck, Bo Horvat. They both have 37 goals uh, this season. Hell of, a, hell of a run for Andre Kuzmenko. And I wonder what this guy ends up shaking down as for the next few years. What kind of player he really is, right? I don't know if the shooting percentage is going to be that sustainable. But I also wonder how he's going to, like, he's going to have to evolve. Because the, the league's going to evolve to defend against him. So I'm curious to see how he evolves. And I think that's the interesting thing about... A lot of his goals, yes, they're scored from in tight. They're scored from tap-ins. Those are kind of hard to evolve a defense to stop, right? Like, if you have a a great passer in Elias Pettersson playing on his line, he is going to continue to score a lot of goals. Like, Pettersson is going to find Kuzmenko for goals, and I think the thing that you've seen this season from Kuzmenko that you can say about likely the continuation of his NHL career is that he has the ability to finish those goals. When a prime A Scoring chance comes up for Andre Kuzmenko. He doesn't miss it that often. He's going to find the back of the net a lot. I think you're going to see some regression. I don't know if he's going to be a 40-goal guy every single season. I would probably bet against that. But I tell you what, if he's making 5.5 for the next two years, the Canucks are going to try and be competitive over the next two years. If you're getting 30-plus from Kuzmenko, you're, you're laughing. You're laughing about that because he's not only scoring 30, he's helping Elias Pettersson. And that's something that I think we've talked about on this show for a long time is, you know, there, there are guys who can play with Elias Pettersson. There's defense partners who can play with Quinn Hughes. But can they actually, can anybody make them better? And I think that's something that Kuzmenko has been able to do. He has made Elias Pettersson better. It, it, takes, it takes a lot of skill and it takes the right fit to improve the play of one of your best players. And Kuzmenko has done that this season. Can he do it next season? He's going to have to prove it again. But at least he's a player who I think is very rare. And don't get me wrong. These superstar players are superstar, you know, level players in Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. They're very hard to find. 
But another player that's hard to find is somebody that makes them better. And that's what Kuzmenko does, I think, for Elias Patterson. Now the Canucks just need to find someone who does that for Quinn Hughes. That's going to be the interesting thing here. But uh, 37 goals for Kuzmenko. Any thoughts on uh, on his play from either yesterday or from the week here? Look, we've talked about the whole shooting percentage thing again. Uh, his his My take on his play of the whole year is he needs to shoot the puck more. Like, I think if he shoots more, he'd score more. But also, that'll bring down his shooting percentage. I understand that. But... The thing about Kuzmenko is, you know, everybody's kind of looking at it and saying, okay, there could be some regression here. So, on the offensive side, of course, right? And, you know, he set the bar so high, that's not really a hot take to say that he's probably going to score less than he did this year. But what, I, what I'm what i curious about, Chris, is just how fans feel now, because I don't want to say there was pushback, but I, I think there was a level of, okay, what are we doing here? This guy's here to score goals when you were seeing the tough love with Kuzmenko, when you were seeing him, you know, benched for the final 11 minutes of that game not that long ago, when you were seeing him healthy scratch under Bruce Boudreaux, when you're seeing Talkett talk about, I need this guy to be solid at both ends of the ice, he needs to improve his conditioning, all this sort of stuff. I think what you're seeing is the Canucks kind of getting out ahead of any regression, if that makes sense. Like, if if he regresses offensively, at least he has conditioning and a decent defensive game to fall back on right because the problem is with Kuzmenko right now let's say he um all of a sudden his offense just dried up completely right now okay or maybe 10 games ago let's say that happened right right now there's no hesitation to take him off Elias Pettersson's wing right and we've seen Kuzmenko is obviously best when he's playing with Elias Pettersson right so next year with all the pressure that's put on next year if you have a slow start Plus, you came into camp out of shape uh, when Tockett's spoken about how I need this guy to be, you know, uh, at a whole new level of conditioning type deal with Kuzmenko, and Kuzmenko's aware of that. If he comes into next year and he's out of shape and the offense isn't there right off the hop, it's not going to take very long. He's going to have a short leash to be taken off Elias Patterson's wing, and then that's when you start to worry about, okay, well, what does this guy actually mean for the Canucks? Like, they need him to be as good or very close to as good as he has been this year, next year. You know, um, what does that mean for Kuzmenko if he's not playing with Lewis Pedersen? And I'm just thinking about um, if they don't get out ahead of this, which to be clear, I think they're doing. Like, I think they're getting out ahead of it right now and making him work on the defensive side of the game, making him become a more complete player so that it's not just a, okay, well, your offense isn't there. You're useless on this line. We have to move you right away. I think they're getting out ahead of that, and I applaud them for that. I, I like that they're doing that, and I think... You know, when you look at it big picture wise, I like the strategy they're taking with Kuzmenko because, yeah, the goals are great, um, but everybody kind of knows he's probably going to regress even just a little bit. Potentially, it's just the nature of the sport. When that happens, you hope that there's a bit more of a complete player there. And I think that development of a complete player is is also something I think you need to tiptoe a little bit, right? Like you don't want to take away some of the things that he does so well from his creativity and just able ability to. I think have confidence to go around guys and like when he's attacking in the offensive zone, like that confidence, you don't want that part to come out of your game. And I think this is something we talked about a lot uh, with Danila Klimovich where it's like, Hey, you want to see him take some strides defensively, but not lose that, that kind of edge that he has in the offensive zone, that confidence within himself, right? Like Klimovich, this is, this is a crazy stat. Did you know that Danila Klimovich is leading the Abbotsford Canucks in plus minus this season? Like number one, I didn't. Danilo Klimovich has made that many improvements in his defensive zone. He is barely on the ice for goals against. Like it has been excellent production there. And I'm sure that there, you know, there's not advanced stuff that I can look at from the AHL, but I'm sure that there's like a high save percentage uh, while he's on the ice and stuff like that contributing to it. But that's kind of why the the plus minus stats broken. But I tell you what, not necessarily completely broken. I think him having the highest on the team says something about how he's made improvements. I just think with with Kuzmenko, it'll be interesting to see when the changes and the evolving happens in his game, does it lower the things that he's so good at? And I can, I can actually turn this at like, I remember in my sports playing life. So when I was playing baseball, when I was like 13, 14 years old, I only like, I was a big lefty lefty and I pulled the ball and I could hit it a mile to right field, but I couldn't hit it to the opposite field. I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't bunt. I couldn't, you know, hit line drives. I would just hit fly balls, a lot of home runs, and it was, honestly, I should have stuck that way. I shouldn't have changed all my stuff and wanted all these batting coaches and, you know, teaching me how to hit the ball for singles. 
Like I was a home run hitter. That's what I was. I should have stuck to that instead of doing all this stuff where I was just trying to work on, you know, being able to, you know, bunt and, and hit the ball up the middle hard. Like, hell no. I was, I was a big dude. I was really powerful for my age at the time and I was launching home runs. I shouldn't have changed my game. Like, I think that's something you, you want to see with Kuzmenko. You want to see him keep his his high skill that he's showing right now and what he's been able to do this season. You want him to keep that. But, yes, you are going to have to see some things adjusted defensively that make him a little bit of a better defender. But in my eyes, like, when you have Andre Kuzmenko, you don't need a great defender there. You don't need him to be a, a good defender. You don't need it. Like he's he's here to score goals for you. He's here to tip pucks on the power play, have his stick on the ice for Elias Patterson, and at five on five, I think just keep a positive control of the goal share. And if he's able to do all that, yes, you want to see him adjust to the NHL and be able to defend at the NHL a little bit better. But you don't want him to just like you don't want him to become the the defensive minded you know Mark Stone type of guy. Like I, I wouldn't be showing him you know, game game clips of Mark Stone in, in his prime, trying to be like, hey, this is the guy. This is what you need to get to. It's like no, like. You know, let let him like watch his own tape and see what works for him, and try and work on those things. I think that's the thing is like build on your strengths this off season. I, I think even maybe more than your weaknesses for Kuzmenko, because if he can build on his strengths and keep doing what he's doing, that's going to be huge for the Canucks. That's even bigger to me than him rounding out his game defensively. Just keep being the scorer. Like that's what they have him here signed for: score goals. If he can build on his strengths, that's the best thing for him. I think. I mean, it's hard to disagree, but what what step do you want to see him take? Like, I want to see him shoot more, but that's not really something he can work on. Conditioning, I think, helps yeah. the offensive side of the game as well. And I don't think you're necessarily degree, disagreeing with the conditioning aspect of my argument. I think you're more so talking about uh, being a defensive stalwart or whatever. But I think this offseason, Kuzmenko needs to look at it and just say, like, okay, how am I going to be the best line mate possible for Elias Pettersson over the full course of a season next year? I think that's all it comes down to. I think there's a few ways to kind of get there. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'd be worried about him being too good defensively. Like, I don't think yeah. it's going to cause his offense to dry up by any means. It's just, yeah, like, I just don't know what step he can take offensively other than shooting the puck more. The step is just not taking a step back, right? The step is just staying where you're standing. If he's and not even that, like he is going to take a step back. He's not going to score 40 next year. That'd be awesome. I'd be, I'd love for it to happen. If he's like a consistent 40 goal score in the NHL, hell yeah. And he's going to have the opportunity to do it. If he's playing with Pedersen, like it, he's a guy who can finish. So it's, it's absolutely in the conversation. But I think the step that we're talking about here is just not taking that step back, right? Like take steps forward. So when you do get pulled back, when the regression does come and folks, it's going to come. But when it comes, you want to be at least a couple steps ahead here so that it doesn't pull you back so much to become more of like a 20-goal scorer. But uh, I, I want to move on from, from Kuzmenko a little bit because I want to talk about Quinn Hughes. Can we get uh, NHL defenseman points up here? Quads, you, you actually sent this to me about six minutes before the show started. You said, hey, I have a topic for the show. I said, great. I got like three graphics and uh, a bunch of stats ready for it. And the outline, if you looked one goddamn day, how much will Quinn Hughes be in the Norris Trophy conversation this season? Second in points right now, plus 18 for the plus minus. And hey, look, people that vote on this award, they aren't watching every game of Quinn Hughes. The Vancouver market, I guess we are. Uh, The PHWA writers here. But for Quinn Hughes... He's second now in the NHL with 72 points in 70 games. Scored a couple goals last night. That's great to kind of add to the goal totals because that's the only thing he's really lacking on this list. But he's playing 25 and a half minutes a night. He's over a point per game. He's one of the two defensemen in the league who's over a point per game. He, he needs to be getting top three votes this year. It would be ridiculous if he's not. That's my take on it, at least. What he- do you think? So my take, and not to sound too much like a homer, he was fifth on my ballot last year, right? Like I've talked about this before. I had a vote last year. Uh, Hughes was fifth on mine. I think I had Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, uh, Kill McCarr, and I can't remember the last one for some reason, ahead of him. I I had a few guys ahead of him last year, okay? This year, he needs to be either one or two on basically every ballot. I'd say there's a case to be made for Kale McCarr, obviously as, as a surprise to no one, he is leading um, in the points 
per games played conversation only behind Eric Carlson, of course. Alex, pull that back up. I was reading off it. Um, and with Eric Carlson, obviously 91 points in 74 games, 22 goals, right? That's an otherworldly production rate, especially for a defenseman. And that's why all season long, the conversation has been, well, Eric Carlson's, it's Eric Carlson's Norris Trophy to lose. And that's fine. But I also disagree when you look at just in terms of the defensive game, like obviously he's a minus 16. There's one stat that some voters do look at. When you look at the defensive analytics of Carlson, there's no defensive game. Like you watch, go watch a San Jose Sharks game. And and we've seen the Sharks play the Canucks a few times this year. There's no defense. There's no defense being played by Eric Carlson. It's actually quite shocking how little defending Eric Carlson manages to do. Um, And I'm not trying to rag on the guy or anything like that. It's just that you look at it and you say, okay, well, if the award is supposed to go to the best all-around defenseman, look at what happened the few games that Quinn Hughes has missed this year, where Quinn Hughes was out of the lineup or anything where this team has had to play without Quinn Hughes, even in years past, but this year especially. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Like we we've spoken about it in the past. I'm not going to rehash it all, but Quinn Hughes is not only putting up the points, seven goals, 65 assists, 72 points through 70 games played. Okay. Not only is he putting up the points, he's also been the number one defenseman. He's played those top matchup minutes. And that's the only criticism I have of Elias Pedersen and why he probably won't be. If I have a vote on the Selkie or the heart, that's probably why Pedersen won't be number one on in either of those is because he doesn't really play against top competition. And he has a few times this year. Um, it just hasn't been a consistent thing. I think that's the step you want to see Elias Pedersen take next year. Not to start ragging on Pedersen. Everybody knows how much of a, um, you know, of a fan I am of his. But with Quinn Hughes, he's playing against the top competition. Like, he's killing penalties. He's playing on the power play. He's been good on every in every single situation. So there's your all-around criteria. It's filled out, right? And not only that, Chris, despite playing with, Luke Shen for most of the year, and then no real um, steady partner beyond that for most of this season. He's conceding the least amount of chances he has at any point in his career. Like he's defending better than he ever has at any point in his career this season. The guy is having a phenomenal year. He deserves to not only be in the top three, he should be one or two on most people's ballots. And as as somebody who I, I, I hope I get a vote, I think he's going to be number one. I think I'm putting him at number one on my ballot. And I, I always am scared to do that because I don't want to seem like too much of a homer. But it's just the facts. It's just the facts that he deserves to be number one. He's having the best season of any defenseman in the NHL, in my opinion. He is the most, he's definitely the most valuable defenseman to his team. I, I don't think that really um, goes without saying. Like, I, I don't think that's up for much debate. That's not technically what the criteria of the award is. He is the best all-around defenseman. He's killing penalties, he's playing on the power play, and he's defending very, very well. He's defending a lot better than he has at any point in his career. And the other thing to keep in mind, no real steady defense partner doing it all. Like, I'm blown away, and he deserves more credit. I think last night, a two-goal, one-assist performance to put him at 72 points, a three-point lead over Josh Morrissey. Look... That's the performance, I think. Look, it happened in the central time zone, right? Five o'clock start for us. A lot of people probably saw that. And I think Mm. that's the kind of game that he needed to have where a lot of people who were kind of on the fence about voting him, maybe in the top three, maybe watched that game and said, wow, okay, well, the Canucks didn't even win that game. And he was just dragging them through the mud. Like Hughes, Hughes was carrying that team. He deserves it. He deserves all the accolades this year. I don't think he deserves him fully this year i think this year has been a very good year for quinn hughes to shake that that label of him not being good defensively i think his his quotes about it telling people that they probably haven't watched the games was awesome i think that's exactly what he needed to do i think that statement that he put out is something that you should basically just stick on this season right like he's made big improvements this year to get into the norris conversation because of his good play defensively to me there's one more thing he needs to do before he wins norris and it's score more goals, unfortunately. Like, you're looking at this list right here. Every single defenseman in the top seven has double-digit goals. Carlson has 22. Dougie Hamilton, 19. Kale McCarr, 17. Quinn Hughes just was seven on the year. And he scored two last night. And I get it. You know, these major award squads, they aren't going to be... Like, you can you can make a case, and I can agree with this, 
that you you could make a case to say he's the best defenseman in the league from what he brings to a team as a defenseman. You could make a case because we watch him every night. Everybody else, the other 31 teams, the other 31 markets that have people voting on this are going to pull up the stats. The first thing they're going to do when they vote about a Norris, they're going to see seven goals and they're going to say, ah, everybody else has double digits. Like that's not there, but Quinn Hughes should get votes. He's top, you know, top two in scoring right now over a point per game. He'll get votes, but I don't think until he starts to really get double digit goals, that's when you can have a serious conversation about him being the Norris winner. That's when I think you get there. He's got it's going to take it. He's got over 10 assists than everybody else, though. Like, look at those numbers. He's got more assists than everybody else, like at least 10 more. So I get what you're saying. I get the goal scoring. It, it does factor in for some people. I just, I don't think it should. Like, I, I think points, points is what matters here. Like, he's putting points on the board. He's playing more minutes than a lot of those guys that are, you know, in the conversation as well. And, and someone in the chat here, Joey Killer, jumped in the YouTube live chat, uh, said, did quads just say that Quinn is the most valuable defenseman, most valuable more than Carlson. Carlson is involved in two thirds of all sharks goals. Watch a sharks game. He does not defend. If you put Eric Carlson on the Vancouver Canucks, this team is even worse defensively. Like they are much worse defensively. Maybe they score more goals. Sure. But look how much, look, look, just look at what that's done for the sharks. I just look adding Eric Carlson to the Canucks instead of Quinn Hughes. I I would rather have Quinn Hughes this year, this year. I would rather have Quinn Hughes on this team than Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson doesn't defend. He he does not defend. There is no defense happening with Eric Carlson. That's just the facts. That's just the facts. So and yeah. Here's um, the thing that I think take. this could make an argument more for him to get into that spot as well is like what what's Quinn Hughes the best at in the NHL as a defenseman? What's he he's number one at putting up power play points. So is he the best power play quarterback? Maybe not. He's putting up the points. But again, still just two goals on the power play. If he was, if he put up 10 goals on the power play this season, 10 power play goals, which is like a pretty big ask. Like that's, that's a very good season um, for an NHL defenseman. That's like, but if he were to ever to get to that point, you're laughing because you're saying, okay, he scores 10 goals on the power play. He is the best defenseman on the power play, whether it be moving the puck, handling things at the blue line um, and now shooting and scoring. If he gets that, then he has a huge feather in his cap saying, I'm the best power play defenseman. Now you're really in the Norris conversation. But until then, he's in the conversation, but he's not going to win it until he's the best in the NHL at something. Like, listen, Eric Carlson's going to win this year. Eric Carlson, you you brought up a lot of his warts, but hey, he's got 91 freaking points. He is the best offensive defenseman in the NHL right now at creating points, creating, you know, scoring 22 goals, all that. He's the best. That's why he's going to win the Norris this year. He is by and far away the best at something in the NHL. Quinn Hughes, yes, he's number one in the league for power play points, but is he the best power play quarterback? I don't think you can say that. I think there's a, a huge you know, asterisk there from, from Kale McCarr, Rasmus Dallin, uh, Dougie Hamilton, all these guys. They're in the conversation for it. Until Hughes is far and away the best at something in the NHL, uh, I think he's going to be in the conversation, but he's not going to be able to win it until he really kind of gets over that little hump there. Oh, I think that's fair. I don't think he's going to win it. I think he should. Like, yeah. I think he should. I think he's the best all-around defenseman in the NHL. He has been this season. That's all that matters is this yeah. season, he's, obviously, right? He's so, really good. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, let's wrap up a few things about last night's game before we get to the poll question. Uh, I just want to bring up some stuff. Uh, if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Jack Studnika, Sheldon Dries were the only two players under 10 minutes last night. Curious to see if we get Aiden McDonough in uh, on Friday here uh, as the Canucks are back at home now uh, playing on Friday. Um, I think you got to get McDonough back in, right? Like, come on, these guys are playing under 10 minutes a night. What what did Jack what's Jack Studnika showed Rick Tockett this season? Like not a lot. You know, I think it's time to get get McDonough back in. Uh Guillaume Breezeball last night. We all saw the giveaway as he tried to make that pass to the blue line to JT Miller. Breezeball had a real rough night. Uh he was on the ice for three goals against last night, no goals for. He had that bad giveaway. I touched on it there with Miller. The problem is you, you can't call Jack Rathbone back up, right? There's no injury. You can't have you don't have no call ups. There's no injury. So just kind of need a wait, like Akito Hirose. We'll get to him in a little bit here. But uh, I don't think he's going to hop in on Friday. So I think you're going right back with Breezeball on Friday unless one of these guys like uh, Wolanin or, you know, starts to get a little bit healthier or potentially even uh, Noah Juleson coming back. But I think he's going to be in another couple of weeks. Um, so that's unfortunate. You can't call Jack Rathbone up. Uh, Tyler Myers and Dakota Joshua, top two players on the Vancouver Canucks last night when it came to the control of expected goals. I talked about this a lot yesterday on the solo show. Joshua was given Joshua was given that opportunity yesterday to show consistency throughout a game with Elias Patterson. I thought he did that, and I thought he fit right in on that line in an opportunity that was one of the best he's gotten throughout the season. No surprise that it's come under Rick Tockett, but Tockett needs consistency. He's talked about it with Joshua. I really think that Joshua made a conscious effort to do that last night, and I thought that he was very impactful in the way that he contributed as as a guy who leaned into his strengths, like he used his speed, he used his size, he used his passing ability around the net. I thought he fit really good with Patterson and Kuzmenko last night on that top line. Did you see him getting in on the four check? That was oh, the man. North South game that Dakota Joshua needed to have Chris. And how much do we talk about North South on this show? We talk about it a lot. That was a great game from Dakota Joshua. He's going to get a longer look. He's definitely getting a longer look on that line. I think Tockett really liked what he saw from Elias Petter or, from Dakota Joshua alongside Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko, look, getting in on the forecheck like that, that's all talk it really wants to see. Like, let's be honest here. That, that is a major thing in how hard you are to play against along the boards. Joshua, like you said, he leaned into his strengths last night. I was impressed with his game. Yeah, and it's not like he doesn't need to come in and bring an antic of just being, you know, so noisy and getting in people's faces and all that. He just needs to play tough the way that talk it wants consistently. And that's what I think we saw last night. Like, he uh, what he he drew the penalty late in the first period, right, to set up the power play that ended up tying the game going into the first intermission. Off of what? The, all of his strengths, using his speed, using his size, using his reach, using all of it to get that breakaway and, and draw a penalty on, which almost looks like a penalty shot. Uh, but the Canucks end up scoring on the power play. So yeah, when you do that and you're on Patterson's line, you get a power play option for them. That's a win, right? And I thought he fit right in. He didn't look out of place. Uh, that's for sure. And I think that was the worry. When you hear Rick talk it talk about uh, consistency, was is he going to look out of place in this spot? He didn't. He was consistent from from drop of the puck to the final horn. So um, liked his game a lot last night. Let's get to the poll question, Quads. Okay, poll question brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or Air Fryer, the perfect zero-carb snack. Uh, free shipping on all orders, over $50. They're delicious. They got the bacon flavor. They got the mini original. Uh, lots of different stuff. Over at Atlas Goods, locally owned and operated. Atlas GDS. Alex, pull it up. Pull question. Let's do it. 
the poll question that I thought of without actually writing it out. Uh, who do you think has the best chance of winning one of these individual awards over the next three years? Elias Pettersson with the Hart Trophy, Quinn Hughes with the Norris Trophy, Thatcher Demko with the Vesna Trophy, and as always, I'm angry. It's Chris, nice. To, it's nice to get Alex in here. For. Well, because Alex is going to vote. Alex is often, uh, you know, he's in the motherland uh, of Ontario, so he's out of the market. He says Hughes for Norris, and as Alex normally does, he's a man of the people. Picks a lot of uh, of the winners. Fifty percent of people are saying that Hughes winning the Norris is the most likely thing to happen in the next three years. Little surprised here, but not at the same time. Like I think Pedersen winning the heart's gonna be very difficult. He comes in at second with twenty point one percent of the vote, and Demko winning the Vesna, nineteen point five, ten point four percent of people saying I'm angry. Are you surprised at any of the results there? I I think I I actually like if my brain just like spat out a bunch of uh a bunch of statistics of my of my thoughts on the four options, it might be this exact thing. Like 50% of my brain would say, yeah, he's winning the Norris. The really hopeful side, 20% of my brain would say, yeah, Pedersen winning the heart, being the best player in the league. The logical side might say Demko winning the Vesna. Like I'd roll with 19. And, and in the back of my head, there's the angry part that's always there, 10%. But uh, I think I'm rolling with basically the way this poll has been answered. I think the, the voters have done an excellent job. I think if Hughes doesn't win the Norris this year, which he probably won't, if he doesn't win it this year, I don't think he's winning it. I'll be honest with you. I don't what? think he's going to win no. it. He's banging the door down this year. That's what he's doing. He's not getting he's not getting the key, but he's banging the door in this year. He's going to have entry by the end of this season, and then he's going to be in the house for it next year. I think he's got a real... It doesn't matter about just this season. This, this guy's not getting any worse. He's getting much better. No, and he's you, not getting worse. You bring in a he's guy... Not- who, who we talked about earlier in the show that makes him better just like Kuzmenko does for Pedersen, you find that guy, oh, God damn, you're talking about a Norris guy with Quinn Hughes. If you get a player who can make him better instead of, you touched on it. Look at who he's playing with, man. Noah Juleson, Tyler Myers. God damn. Like, if he gets a good partner moving forward, holy cow. And that's got to be a big key for this team moving forward here. But here, here's the other thought to that, Chris, is look at the guys around him, right? Like, Kill McCarr missed some time, and I think that's one of the reasons that he's not going to be in the conversation this year or, you know, why he's probably not going to be a top two. This is Kill McCarr's award to lose. Like, if Kill McCarr, you know, he missed time this year, like I said, uh, you know, Colorado hasn't had a fantastic year, but you expect they bounce back. You expect Kill McCarr only gets better as well. Like, to actually win the award, Chris, I think it's going to be really tough. Like, uh, Marcus Toe in here jumped in and said, Norris usually is a reputation award. Yeah, I, it I is. don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to happen for Hughes. Um, I think this is a great stepping stone, but I also wonder what the rest of the competition is going to be like. Well, that's, right? that's and, what I'm saying. You know, is same kind of goes for... That stepping stone that you just mentioned there, that's what, this, that's what it is. Like, he's now in the conversation, and it is a reputation award. I do agree. This is one of them. At least he, this is the stepping stone year for the conversation. Because last year, was anyone really, at the end of last year, being like, oh, Hughes is one of my guys. Like, you said you had him at, what, five on your list? Is that what you said, five? Yeah, I had him at fifth. So, like, yep, fifth. you know, and you're a guy who watches him every night. So the rest of the market wasn't thinking that. But now a lot of the rest of the market is going to look and, hey, maybe they put him at five. Or maybe they put him at three. Like, that is part of the reputation award where you're starting to trend in the right direction of winning it. That's what I think. At least he's he's now on... You know, more than just David Quadrelli's top five for the Norris. He's on a lot more people's top five votes when this is going to come through this year. And that's a good progression for a reputation type of award. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm all, like, it's kind of the same thing with the Pedersen and Hart Trophy is, you know, yeah, he's taking a good step this year. But like you look at it and you say, okay, well, what's his competition? And when you take into consideration the competition, this looks like it's Connor McDavid's award to lose again, right? And, you know, Austin Matthews obviously had that big year last year, but McDavid's going to win it as, with, as a layup this year, right? And I just, I don't know if Pedersen is going to be able to kind of go over who his competition for the Hart Trophy is. Mm. Um, like, he's not going to put together a 60-goal season, right? Like, we're not probably not going to see that from Elias Pedersen. So that's why with this one, surprisingly, I go with De- Thatcher Demko winning the Vesna trophy. I think if the Canucks win, if the Canucks make the playoffs, it's going to be because Thatcher Demko was fantastic, right? All season long, the general managers vote on this award. 
I think Thatcher Demko could find himself as a Vesna Trophy winner uh, ahead of ahead of Hughes as a Norris or Pedersen as a Hart Trophy winner over the next three years. I think that's you know the what? best chance. I also yeah. think we should have put Rick Tockett for the Jack Adams because if this I team think makes he would playoffs won. or you know, yeah, that's Sorry? that's. I think he would have won. I think he's the guy. I think that would have run away with this poll because I, I, if the Canucks get in the playoffs, you're, but I think to your point there would be really interesting. Like, hey, say the Canucks get into the playoffs on the backs of. Thatcher Demko and Elias Patterson leading. Man, I, I think you'd have an argument for both, right? If the Canucks are a playoff team this year, how many more games are they winning? How many more goals are they scoring? How many more points is Patterson putting up? Could be interesting. And now that there's kind of a reputation around Patterson about being such a good defender, which, you know, fair, it's about time. They should be. This is what he's been doing since he came into the NHL. That's going to help him in the heart conversation as well. It's just he's not just offensive. He can do things at uh, both ends of the ice, so... Yeah, good poll question. I like the answers here, and I'm no shocker. Produce, producer Alex, there's he's, one thing that I want just get turned to. off the YouTube there. He's got an eagle eating a, a rat. Uh, he just turned the video off there to record to answer this poll question. Did a good job on that. I'm just gonna I say here, here. this was more of a you know process of elimination. I don't think Peterson's going to be close to a heart. I don't think Demko's going to be close to a Vesna. Hmm. I'm kind of left with Hughes. Yeah, fair. He's closest, I think, right now, out of these three. So, yeah, for the next three years, you would have to have a big jump in play. You'd have to have another jump in play from Pedersen, and you'd have to have another, you know, kind of return to greatness from Demko to get to that point. That's how I feel anyways. I also think you need to you need to have a very high save percentage if you're going to win the Vesna, and yeah. with the amount of shots that Thatcher Demko faces, it's going to be very difficult. I want to get to a good comment here that I read in the YouTube live chat here from Joey Killer, who said, I absolutely think Hughes can win a Norris in the future. He's young. Lidstrom won his first at 30 or 31. And that's the other thing to consider. It, you know, we said the next three years, I think long-term there's for sure a Norris and Hughes future. I just don't know when it is. You know, Hughes himself has said my best seasons are going to come when I'm 28. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I just wonder over the next three years if he's going to be able to do that with, um, you know, the competition that he's facing right now. Yep, fair enough. All right. Actually, so, I got a comment. Go ahead. How about this comment from L. Jim? So a comment here says, stat check. Carlson had an almost identical Corsi 4 percentage to Hughes and way more hits, blocks, and takeaways, so probably does a little bit of defending. Go ahead, Quattro. So I'm going to answer this one. So you're going to have a higher chance for, you need to look at chances against per 60 minutes of play, okay? You're going to have a higher chances for if you are shooting the puck more and if you're creating more offense, which is obviously what Eric Carlson's doing. Nobody's debating that. The fact that they're, they're CF percentage is actually ident is close to identical is actually more of an indictment on Carlson than you would think because he is creating so much more offense so the fact that that's close isn't great for Carlson in this argument hits usually means you're chasing the play Hughes isn't defending with his hits we've all watched the games we know he defends with body positioning and his stick uh, takeaways is also a weird stat as well yeah, I don't like, trust that one. We're, I'm not going to get into this more. We're going to, yeah, this, this, yeah, this isn't much of a thing to even bring up. But anyways, go on. Yeah, but no other, no player has been on the ice for more goals against this season than Eric Carlson. I'm sure he hasn't benefited from having the greatest, uh, necessarily like a team, team in front of him. Yeah, he's not rolling with a good team. It's not like he can do much to affect his team. Like you can do a lot as a player, but it's just like, you know. Yeah, but. <laughs> I would I would love to hear a Norris Trophy voter say, well, this guy led the league in hits, so Luke yeah. Shen actually deserves the Norris. Like, hey. Yeah, get out of here. Sign it up. But no, it's just like, it's the same thing. I, I had this argument with a friend the other day of like, they, they said that John Gibson was bad. And I'm like, dude, John Gibson is a very good goaltender who is on a horrendous team, the Anaheim Ducks. Like, I, I very much like John Gibson. I think he's a great goaltender. It's just... How how can he look good on that Anaheim Ducks team? It's it's impossible almost. Um, all right, let's move on here. We brought it up a little bit earlier in the show. The Canucks have signed, finally, we've been talking about this for about, well, I've been talking about it for three months, um, but Akito Hirose has now been signed uh, by the Vancouver Canucks. It's official. He's going to report to Vancouver. Let's get them up here signing that contract. Uh, not this one here. This is the player grades. This is a nice one here, but look at this. Signing the contract, Patrick Alvin. So I guess... Uh, Unless Alvin's down in Minnesota, I guess Hirose's here in Vancouver. I haven't uh, practice is going on right now. Do we see anything about that? I haven't uh, checked Twitter yet. Uh, maybe somebody in the chat can let me know. Is is he on the ice with the Vancouver Canucks here? 
Uh, somebody let me know. Either either way, let's get to the player a little bit. Now we can get that uh, the EP one up there, the uh, the ratings. From uh, Elite Prospects here, great folks over there. They've done an excellent job. Uh, so they gave him a 6 out of 6 on the hockey sense. Um, I agree with a lot of that. This is a smart player. His passing got a 5.5. Decent skater. Uh, he's going to move the puck extremely well. He's going to defend with intelligence. Uh, and he's going to start in the uh, NHL, which is kind of interesting. I thought this was an ATO guy. I thought this was a guy who was going to sign an ATO. That one-year deal was going to kick in next year. Uh, from Rick Dollywell's reporting, he's going to report to Vancouver. He's going to burn the only year on that contract that he's just about to sign right now, uh, or that he just signed today. He's going to burn that year. He's not going to. He's going to be an RFA going into the summer. So the Canucks will have to make another contract offer at that point. That's why it's not the weirdest. It's a weird situation because it's like, hey, here's your ELC. Uh, you're done in three weeks, pretty much. Like, uh, so they're going to get him on an RFA. They'll sign him to probably like a two year deal or a one year deal after that to see what he's got. Then he'll be down in the AHL. Uh, ripping it up there, but that'll be an SPC, like a standard player contract after that. So he's one of these interesting players that's in that age gap uh, of 24 to 25. Maybe we can get the ELC from the CBA up there, Alex. So this is just kind of how it works. Um, when you sign your first contract, if you're 18 to 21, it's a three-year deal. If you're 22 to 23, it's a two-year deal. If you're 24, it's a one-year deal. 25 years and older, they do not need one. Sam Malinsky was the example. We've talked about this on the show in the past. He's going to turn 25 before September 15th of this year. That's how the, so this is section, this is article 9.1 of the CBA talking about this. Um, article 9.2 explains the date. Uh, it is, you know, if they turn the age before September 15th of next season. So that's why though Hirose is 23, he's going to turn 24 before next season. So that's why he signs only this one year deal. I saw some people asking about that uh, on Twitter. So hopefully this CBA lesson helps clear that up for you and i know it's probably a little bit better on video than it is on podcast so i apologize to the podcast listeners as we have uh the cba open in front of us here but let's get this little video i put together here of hirose's advanced stats because i did some tracking quads here we go tracked 30 games of akito hirose his corsi through those 30 games 67.5 percent corsi and a 68.9% control of expected goals. We tracked 30 games of his, played 23 minutes and 50 seconds average ice time through those 30 games. He had four goals and 23 assists. Hey, he was on a good team, but he showed much higher than the rest of the defensemen on his team there uh, at, at Minnesota State Mankato. Kid, kid is smart. Kid knows how to move the puck. He's going to be up here in the NHL. He's probably going to get some games in here pretty quick here, get a couple of games in before he becomes an RFA uh, and likely reports to Abbotsford next season. So a uh, quick little thing there on Hirose. Like he's he's going to be an RFA in the summer. He'll get a contract. I think he's going to be good depth for Abbotsford. I think that's what he's going to be. But I also think he's one of those players that, yes, it's good depth for the AHL, but there could be some NHL potential here for Hirose, right, to be a bottom pairing type of guy. Um, the idea, and I've talked about this with Jacob Truscott in the past, if you can find a role that makes sense for an NHL team, you're going to have value. And I think Hirose has that with being a support defenseman, being a guy who can support the play, support a better partner, all those little things. He's a support guy. He's not an offensive or a defensive. He's a support defenseman. He's going to be smart. He's never going to be out of position. He's not going to be a guy who's snapping pucks and making, you know, 180-foot stretch passes from behind his own net, sending in guys on breakaways. That's not really his game. He's just going to be good and supportive for his partner, and that's a really good piece to add to a team. So I like it. Good depth here. Uh, and he is on the pra- uh, is on the ice for practice, Good. according to Brendan Bachelor. He's going to wear number thirty six. And someone asking in the chat if Nils Huglander was thirty six. Back to twenty one for Nils Huglander with the departure of Lou Erickson. Although he should go back to thirty six. I think. You, I think we've had this discussion before. Chris, before we up. close out here, before Odds we close out, I got here, some more. Question for you in the chat. Yeah, question for you in the chat that I want to just get to right now, right off the top here. Um, Canucks need right-handed defensemen. Ask two questions. Chris, are the Canucks still interested in that Russian center? And are they done in the college and Euro free agents? They're not done. Nope, they're not done. There's still teams uh, that haven't even been eliminated. Then they're good teams with good players. There's going to be some things um, after April that will get it. They can still get players on ATOs. They can still get players for their Abbotsford Canucks playoff run. They can still get OHL guys. They can still get European guys. There's been some SHL teams eliminated today. Uh, which we'll get to actually in the next little segment. I'm just going to burn through this because we're already five minutes late here. Um, so I am going to get to some here. Let's dive into it. Uh, I'll start with the Philip Johansson goal. This thing was a beauty. I saw people in the chat talking about it a little bit earlier. Here's uh, Philip Johansson's goal from the SHL today. 
Game seven, Phil Johansson battling against uh, Lucas Forcell. Really nice little skating play from, from Philip Johansson. He is fired up on this goal as well. Just really nice. Uh, I think they call it a horse horse shuffle. Is that what it's called? Uh, the the skating around there when that uh, you gain a little bit of speed with the side shuffle there. Really good movement from Philip Johansson to get around a, an opposition. Fire the wrist shot. Accurate back in the net. He's going to be here soon. I know there's a, a report, I believe. Jeez, was it PJ? Somebody had this uh, that, he, that they were hoping to get him over pretty soon here. Or I think Harm had this. I was just reading this from Harmon's uh, article uh, about getting him over even at the end of this season if he was eliminated. He didn't get eliminated. They won game seven. They're off to the second round of the SHL playoffs. But as we've talked about in the past on this show, Phil Johansson was battling Lucas Forcell. That means Forcell's season is done. I'll say this. He Listen, he said this on this show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Forcell's not coming over this year. He's not coming over this year. He'll be back in the SHL next year. Maybe the year after that, we'll have to see what happens. But he'll be back in the SHL and probably with high hopes after what he did this year. Uh, so like I said, Forcell eliminated. Johansson moving on. Jonathan LeCaramacki, he's on to round two of the Alsvenskan playoffs. Their first game of round two is on Sunday. So game one, Sunday. We'll keep you updated on Monday about that. And Elias Pettersson, DPD's team, though he hasn't been playing a lot in the SHL, he got a couple minutes today. Uh, Orobro, they've also advanced to the second round of the SHL playoffs. So a little prospect update at the end there. And uh, props to DPD and Johansson, second round of the SHL playoffs. That's a big deal. You watch it, they score goals in the SHL. Pew! Fireworks. I got fireworks going off behind the net. It's awesome. It's awesome. And the I tell you, man. It's, oh, I just it's so much fun watching these playoff games. Cause the fans in the in the specific section, like behind the net, just jumping the whole time. And then like it, we can we can go back and remember the, the Lucas Forcell first goal of the playoffs or far just at at home. He is like smashing the boards with his stick and like everybody's so fired up, like it's a really fun game to watch. Uh, and as, as these playoffs go on in the SHL, it's just going to be even more fun. So, um, yeah, good luck to Johansson and uh, and Petter- and Elias Pettersson. DPD, moving on. Okay, Jake Livingstone. Do you have anything on him before we close out? Uh, he's not. No, he's not signing. Uh, he's not signing here. Uh, Boston, New York. Watch those. Boston and New York. Okay. So not Vancouver. Nah, he's not. He's not coming to Vancouver, unfortunately. Word of the day. Okay, well, antic. Used it much earlier in the show. Can't remember how, but I used it. Okay. Anything else before I close it out here? Uh no, no. Canucks need to stop doing practice at one p.m. It's ridiculous. I can't. I can't get down there. I'm. I'm I could. You know, if they opened up the roof. I could see into the practice from here, but uh, there's 1 p.m. practice. No more, please. All right, we'll close it out there then. 1 p.m. practice. We don't like it. Day off tomorrow. Hey, so wait a minute. Actually, a yes, one more thing. I said this on the show. We were going to have to retire the tank music if the Canucks won. I didn't say anything about OTLs, baby. So, Alex, fire that thing up. I'm taking us home for my co-host, David Quadrelli, the producer, Alex Allard, who loves this Tank song more than anything, except for his children, but more than his dogs, probably. He loves this music. This has been another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.